This is the Sales Gravy Podcast. I'm Jeb Blunt, best-selling author of Fanatical Prospecting Sales EQ, Objections, and Inc., and I'm here to help you open more doors, close bigger deals, and rock your commission check. Welcome back to the Sales Gravy Podcast. On this episode, I conclude my conversation with Diane Helbig on how to succeed without selling. And we're going to be talking about mapping your sales process and how important that is, about pivot points in your sales process that bend win probability in your favor, and how to walk away and why you should walk away from prospects who are unqualified and indicate that they're not going to buy. First, though, I want to tell you again about Sales Gravy University. I think it's really important that you go check it out. And I've offered you a free course, any course that you want on the platform, absolutely free, if you're a first-time user, by using the code FREECOURSE. Now, what you're going to find on Sales Gravy University is hundreds of hours of courses produced by many of the world's top sales trainers. Plus, and this is unlike almost any e-learning platform out on the web today, you'll find dozens of live interactive courses. These are virtual courses taught by a master trainer in an interactive environment with people who are just like you. And it's a great way to learn. And these courses are starting every single week. This week, in fact, we're starting up courses on sales negotiation skills and prospecting sequences. So don't wait. Go to SalesGravy University and use your coupon. You can access SalesGravy University by going to learn.salesgravy.com. That's learn.salesgravy.com. Or even easier, just go to salesgravy.com and click on the e-learning tab in the top menu. Now, here's the conclusion of my series of conversations with Diane Helbig on how to succeed without selling. Let's, I want to step back and, and take a look sure. at process, sales process. So I grew up in, you know, in the Fortune 500 world. And when I walked into, you know, into the room, I, my first training room, they handed me the sales process for the organization. Now, I honed it as I went along and I sort of figured out my own micro steps inside the process. So essentially, they gave me phases like this is the prospecting phase. This is the initial meeting phase. This is the discovery phase. This is presentation. This is closing. This is handoff to the service department, essentially. Inside those, those big phases, I had micro steps that I had take based on the role, the person I was dealing with, the size of the account, uh, those type of things. It, but it was easy because there was a, I'm going to work for a you know company that was a multi-billion dollar company. So they had everything for me. Yeah. But when we're talking about the vast majority of salespeople who work for small businesses, mm-hmm. entrepreneurs, business owners that are growing coaches, people who are selling services, products, what have you, and you're trying to sell the one thing that is that I find that's true across the board is very few of those organizations have mapped out and defined a formal sales process, not right. just the the macro phases, but the micro phases. So, with you know, in your practice and working with with small businesses, with our medium sized businesses as well, growing businesses, entrepreneurs, what have you, how do you teach them, and what should they do to start thinking about how do you map your sales process and then hone it? So you can connect the science with the art. So that's a great question. So the first thing we do is make sure that they really understand who their target markets are, because many of them say everyone's a potential client, which just is not true. Sorry, you know, not a thing. So when they can get to 
target markets, then they can focus and the messaging becomes the same. And so, you know, the story that they're telling is the same. It just makes it easier. So what we do is we figure out who the different target markets are, but then we pick one. And what I, what I tend to do is learn a lot about them and figure out a system that they will implement. So it could be someone who has no problem picking up the phone and calling a stranger. Okay, great. What are you going to say to them? So, you know, we go through and then what are you going to do if you get voicemail? What are you going to do? You know, how are you going to move this forward? It could be someone who says, there's no way I'm getting on the phone. So for me, everyone has to figure out their system. You know, we got to help them figure out what they're actually going to do. So we created a lot of that is scripting. What are you going to say to people if you're going to ask for an introduction? How are you going to handle it? That kind of thing. And if you want to do if you want to grow your business through warm introductions, okay, that's a whole segment over here of how are you going to network and build relationships with people? And then how are you going to ask, what are you doing with LinkedIn? The, the whole shoot and match. So then we go to what are the questions that you need to answer or that you need to get answers to when you're in the discovery phase. Let's write them down. Let's get them handled. How are you going to do proposals? What verbiage are you going to use to get that next step? You know, I mean, we go through the whole because when they can have it in their head that this is what I have to say in their own language, but, you know, I can't leave the meeting without having a next step. And there's a lot of different ways of saying it and doing it. People find the one that's comfortable for them. Then they do it. But if you just say to somebody, okay, just make sure you get that next appointment, like business owners are going to go, okay, I don't know how to ask for that. Like, I, I don't know what to do. So we really, you know, dig down that deep. And then I have this 30-day um, system that I call um, 34, okay? So every 30 days, you ask four questions. What worked? What didn't work? Did I hit my goal? And what am I going to do for the next 30 days? Because that is measurable. That is concise. People can wrap their head around that. So once we've got that whole thing figured out, then we figure out how to put it on the calendar for them. Because some people can block a whole afternoon, other people can do something, can commit to 30 minutes. So who are you, how do you work, how can we set up your structure? And at the beginning of it, we monitor it daily to figure out what worked and what didn't work. Cause you know, it's a living, breathing thing. We gotta figure it out. Once they get into the habit, what they notice is, oh my God, so much is going on. It's not just the stuff I'm doing, it's stuff that's coming to me, right? So, so we make sure we're structuring that too so things aren't falling through, you know, holes. Like I still believe in process that if something gets skipped, just something gets missed, what I know is we just got to fill that in. We got to create another step to make sure that we've put a safety net up so it doesn't fall through the cracks the next time. One of the exercises that I run small and medium-sized businesses through when I'm working really as a consultant to help them figure out what the process is. And again, looking at micro steps, I think everybody can understand that there are macro steps. If you're a business owner and you've never been in sales before, you wouldn't know prospecting, discovery, presentation, right. but essentially that makes sense to most people. Yeah. Uh, usually discovery is about 80% of the process and there are typically multiple steps in discovery based on the complexity of the sale. 
So what I've what I've learned over 30 years of working in business in my on my own self is that there's usually one step in the sales process that when you cross that step, your close ratios go up exponentially. There's this place where it's it's the moment of truth. And and what what you said about evaluating what what's working, what's not working, this is part of it, is looking at your entire conversion funnel all the way through the sales process and figuring out where in that funnel is that moment of truth. Yeah. So for example, this is back in, in my 20s, I didn't sell a particularly sexy product, but I I learned early on that that in my discovery phase, I needed to go to an initial meeting and that after that initial meeting, I needed to have one more discovery call. And then after that, I needed to ask for a facility tour because I sold a lot into manufacturing. And that if I could ask for, if I could get the facility tour and they would, they would walk me all through their plant. It didn't make a difference what I was looking at. It just, I, all I needed was the tour. That, that agreement to do that, my closing ratio was 80%. If they would wow. not agree to this facility tour, my closing ratio was 20%. So there was this jump off point. And just recently I was working with a company and they, we were going through their sales process and they, you know, they, again, they were looking at the big phases. And I said, no, 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 I want to get into the micro steps. Tell me what happens here. Tell me what happens here. Tell me what happens here. And in the middle of that, there was just this major aha moment as I was asking questions of them that when they get one of their, their customers to come to their location to do a demo, their closing ratio was above 90%. So then I asked, how many of your pipeline opportunities, the ones that, are, that you've already given a proposal for, that you are waiting like to get an answer for, how many of those opportunities have gone on, a, on a, have come to you for a demo? And the answer was less than 10%. So wow. you have a 90% probability of closing a deal if they come in for a demo, but less than 10% of the deals that you have given a proposal to have gone in and done a demo. And it was like this, like, um, you know, they, all of a sudden they were like, wow. So how, why isn't that happening? Well, it was really simple. We weren't asking, they weren't asking for it. And by the way, if they asked for it and the people told them no, the customer told them no, then it would tell them a lot about whether that person was engaged, whether they were really going to buy. So it started changing everything. And so what I think you said, right, first of all, you get to the target market. And you said that a couple of times. So cr absolutely critical. If you don't know who you're selling to, you're, it's a shotgun effect. And it's you just dilute your your impact on the marketplace. But yeah. then then you said you've got you've to pay attention to the numbers and you gotta you gotta ask your you need to put a process in place even if it's flawed and then run through the process and then go look at what's not working and what's working and over time you start learning and then and then i say look into your process and say where in this process once we cross this threshold does my do i start getting a bend in my probability curve and that doesn't mean that if you're going to bend in that probability curve you can go back to hello let's do this there's yeah. a set of steps that got you to that place you still have to go to those steps right so because yeah. that's the other thing why don't we just get everybody to come in for a demo I go no that's not the right that's not the right. So you still need to go through these things. So I think that I think that that's you know that's part of honing and looking at the science. And it's difficult for people to do sometimes. I think that's why they they bring in someone like you to help them or read your book because sometimes you just can't see the forest for the trees. Like you're just so in your world. And if you're a business owner and like you said, there's stuff starting to come at you and. This is one of the, the dirty little truths of sales is that when you start doing all the right stuff, things start happening for you out of the blue. Like you just like you, from nowhere, your dream client walks to the door and says, I want to do business with you. And you're like, wow, how did that happen? Yeah. <laughs> it, it happened because of all the other stuff that you were doing. Right.
Right, right. And because that's where you are, because you know what a dream client looks like, which means you know what an awful client looks like, right? So, so you can actually identify that. And, 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 and I, so one of the things that I heard you say, I love this, you know, what is that inflection point is that when you know what it is and you realize that you're not getting it, then you can back up and go, okay, what do we need to be doing differently so that we can increase the number of demos. Like, why aren't people getting demos? Okay, because we're not asking for it. Okay, well, then how do we fit that into our process intelligently so that, you know, it's coming at the right point so that we can increase that number because then that just increases our results. It, it's, it, it, yes, sales is an art. Yes, it is a science. We need to match the two. And I submit that, you know, I, I wrote the book for two groups of people. One, those salespeople who aren't getting the results that they want and they can't figure out why. It's because they're doing things that they shouldn't be doing. And two, for those small business owners who are afraid of the sales process, who are overly empathetic, right, who need to create a process and a system that they can intentionally work that takes the emotion out of it so that then they can see the results, because as you said, like once you see the results, it's not just the results of your actions, it's the things that are coming to you. It, it's a game changer for people. It is, it absolutely is. And the the, the, the other piece of, of, I think information you get from that inflection point, and, uh, and I'd learned this, I, I learned a lot of lessons back in my early twenties, which is the best time to learn them, yeah. was I, when you realize that if you get, if you have an 80% close rate when you, when you cross that inflection point, if people aren't willing to cross that inflection point with you, it's likely that they're not engaged or they're, they're disqualified or they're not going to do business with you. And, and you start, you, you learn, don't spend time with them, like disconnect and move on. And part of the problem with being highly empathetic is you just, you just start putting good money after bad. You say, right. you know, I've invested all this money, all this time in this thing now. So I'm going to go all the way through. But by the time you put together the proposal, do your analytics, you, you know, then chase them down for four months because they're not responding to you. You waste so much time on those deals. And I learned early on to, to, to use those inflection points as engagement. I would ask people to engage. Like I want them, and essentially I, I, what I want people to do is match my effort. And if they're not willing to match my effort, then I, then I'm moving on. And I remember one year I won, I was the number one salesperson. I went to Hawaii and the chairman of the board came on and asked me, you know, to stand in front of this big group of top performers and tell them why I was number one. And I, I you know, was, I was like a deer in headlights, but I said, <laughs> I kind of mumbled into the microphone. I don't spend time with people who aren't going to buy from me. <laughs> And, and like people, I don't, nobody really understood that people were like, you know, that was stupid, but it was the truth. No, it's not. If, yeah. if I hit the, if I hit the inflection point and they weren't willing to move forward, I would very politely disconnect and then go spend my time and effort on the businesses that were willing to work with me and willing to match my effort. And that made the time that I had much more valuable. And I can tell you as a small business owner that, that I do the same thing I, yesterday. I was coaching one of my salespeople who had four people on my team on a call with a company that is never going to buy from us. And they're, and they, 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 and I've already, I told them, you know, a couple of months ago, disconnect and move away. Yeah. But in their mind, like they believed, like they, like he said, I just want to win everything. And so, well, that's cool. But you just used how much resources did you use? How much time and effort and emotions right. you pour into something that you are never going to close. Now you might, you might prove me wrong, 
But think about all of the businesses that you have an right. opportunity with that you, if you put that time in those, you would win. So that's, a, that's the other thing is, is letting go. And I, I'm, I'm curious on your, you know, how, how do you coach the people that you work with to let go of unqualified opportunities and move on to something else? Yeah, yeah. So by going through the discovery process, um, what I tell them is, if, if someone isn't forthcoming with the information that you need, you can continue to have that conversation and say, okay, help me understand why this is information that you don't feel comfortable sharing with me. You get to ask that question. You're asking it politely. You need to know. And if they are stonewalling, they are telegraphing to you that they don't want to do business with you. Period. End of discussion. It's a hard truth. It's hard to hear. It has nothing to do with you. It has to do with them, you know, wherever they are in the world. You didn't necessarily do anything wrong, right? It's just not a fit. So you have to own it. Part of what I think is so important about doing that discovery and having that list of questions is that it once again, takes a lot of the emotion out because you can say to yourself, okay, I didn't, get, I didn't get all my information. If you can't get the answers to all of your questions, you can't propose. So you have to disengage, right? Because you're never going to be able to give them a proposal. I mean, you could, but it's not going to be worth anything. So in my estimation, what I say to my clients is, okay, if you're not going to be able to propose, you're done. It's over. They might come back later. There might be, you know, unless somebody dies or the company closes, there's always an opportunity, just not right now. So you can say, you know, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't believe we're the best resource for you right now. And, and go. The other part of it is something that you said, which is so incredibly important. All the time you're spending there, you're not closing business with people who want to work with you. So for me, it's an indicator. If they share information with you, they want to see if they can work with you. If they won't share information with you, they don't, right? There's something else operating there. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. And like I said, you can ask them the question. You can try and, you know, it could just be that initial, oh, no, no, I'm not going to tell you anything. So you can ask them and you can say, you know, in order for me to be able to discover whether I really can help you, I, this is information that I need to know because I don't want to waste your time with putting together a whole proposal that doesn't have this in there. And then you say, okay, that, that doesn't work. So if you aren't comfortable giving me the information, let's just end the conversation because I don't want to take up more of your time. Uh, you know, it, what, if, if there comes a point where you feel comfortable yep. sharing that with me, let me know. I would love to continue the conversation. And the good news is when you do that, most of the time they come back. Most of the time they'll come back to you because your proposal is leverage. Your proposal is something that they want. They go through the process with you. They want your information. The reason they're asking you for a proposal is they want it for some reason or another. They want it to give their, your competitor. They want it because they want to test whether or not they're getting a good, de good deal. They just want information. And if you're not willing to give it to them, then they say, well, I really want a proposal. All of a sudden, you use that leverage to 
bring them back to your sales process. So you're bending them to your sales process and then running them through your sales process, which gives you the highest probability. So for example, you know, people would say, well, I don't know why we need to go on a tour of our, of our facility. I would say, well, I can't give you a proposal exactly what you said if you don't give me a tour because I'm building a blueprint for how I'm going to take care of you so that you can make an informed decision and we, and we can decide whether or not this is a fit. Right. And they would say, well, I just don't have time to do that. And I would go, I totally get, I totally get that. Um, I tell you what, when it makes more sense for you to give me that time, let me know. And then I'll come back and we'll do that. And I'll give you a proposal. And, and I, I'm almost a hundred percent of the time they would go, no, 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 no. We can probably work this out. Would Wednesday work? And then, and then I'm back in all of a sudden they bent to my will and I'm in charge and I can now move the process where I want it to go. And do you know what's happening there? you're building trust mm -hmm. because the reason they didn't want to do the tour is because they still didn't trust you. you yep. They still thought you were a salesman, right? And that you were going to, you were still trying to just sell them something. But when you hold back and you say, I'm sorry, I, you know, I get it. Let me know what, you know, when there's a better time, what they are hearing is, okay, wait a minute. This guy is really just about solutions. He's not about just selling me something. This is different than the other salespeople who've walked through my door. I will continue yes. the conversation with this guy. And that is what you want because then they will share the information that you need because what they've realized is you really do have their best interests in mind first. I love that. So tell us where we can find out more about you and where we can get the book and find out more about this book. Okay, great. Thank you so much for that. So you can um, find out about me at helbigenterprises.com. And that's with S's, not Z's. I know I have to say it because some people do that. Uh, and you can reach out to me. I'm, I'll am give anyone a complimentary 30-minute phone consultation. Happy to talk to you. The book currently is in Kindle version on Amazon. Um, and you can actually get a free chapter, download a free chapter by going to my website and going to the, the book tab and you can download a free chapter and read it for yourself. So thank you, Jeb. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. It was always a pleasure spending time with you, Diane. You uh, I, 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 I hate that. I wish I could. I probably spend six hours having this conversation. I'm such a sales nerd. This is this is so <laughs> cool. So thank you very much. Go buy the book. This book is awesome. Diane is awesome. And like you said, you get a free chapter so you can go test drive the book, which I think is fantastic. Okay. So uh, thank you so much for joining us in the clubhouse. And we'll see you next time. Wonderful. Thank you. I sure hope you've enjoyed this series of conversations with Diane Helbig on how to succeed without selling. And I hope this episode in particular inspires you to go take a look at mapping out your sales process, understanding those micro steps along the way, understanding pivot points that begin to bend win probability in your favor, and then take a objective look at your pipeline and see if there are deals that it's maybe time to walk away from. Make sure you go check out Sales Gravy University. Go to learn.salesgravy.com. That's learn.salesgravy.com or salesgravy.com and click the e-learning tab in the top menu. And if you've never taken a course there, if you're a first-time user, you can take any course by using the coupon code FREECOURSE. I'll see you next time on the Sales Gravy Podcast.